Our reading is taken from Luke, chapter 5, reading verses 17 to 26. Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. One day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just pray briefly as we begin to reflect on God's word together. Lord, thank you for this uh, amazing story of your provision. And Lord, we trust in your provision today and we come to you with expectancy that you might speak to us in these next few minutes by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, before you get too comfortable in your seats, I would like you all to stand, please. If you're able to stand, please do so. And uh, by a process of elimination, we're going to find out who would be prepared to travel the furthest to see their favourite band or their sp- favourite sports team. Okay, so just think for a moment, your favourite band, artist or sports team, how far would you be prepared to go? And if you're not prepared to travel this distance to see them, you can begin to sit down. So, stay standing up if you would be prepared to travel 50 miles to see your favourite band and sports team. Some people really couldn't care less about bands and sports, fair enough. Um, Stay standing up if you'd be prepared to travel 100 miles to see your favourite band or sports team. Okay, we're losing a few. Uh, What about 500 miles? Would you be prepared to travel 500 miles to see your favourite band or sports team? Now, I was just checking that a few candidates would would stay uh, standing up because uh, I happen to know that they've been prepared to do these things. Would you be prepared to travel 1,000 miles to see your favourite band or sports team. Tim has sat down. 
Johnny Dobson and Andy Pound. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Would, would you go and see a, a band anywhere a thousand miles away? No. Would you go and see a sports team? Yes. Which sports team? England cricket, so you'd be prepared to go some distance. Okay. Uh, anywhere in particular? No, not bad, yeah. We're all a bit jealous, but then I was there with them, so can't really complain, can I? Oh, Alan's still standing up. I thought he'd sat down. Alan, where are you prepared to travel? The Boxing Day Test Match MCG. So um, the, the, bands, the bands just don't really crack it, do they? It's the England cricket team that obviously uh, win the day and are worth going to visit. Um, let's have a look. There's a picture coming up on the screen. How far would you go? Know who that is, anybody? It's a bit worrying, isn't it? No, there's a few. I, think, well, I heard one or two. Beyonce, it's Beyonce. How far would you go to watch Beyonce? I would go about this far. <laughs> but some people are a bit keener than me. And uh, there was a, a school teacher, a 29-year-old school teacher in Brazil called Maria Nascimento, and uh, she was desperate to go and see Beyoncé, who is in the middle, I gather, of uh, performing on her Renaissance World Tour. But uh, she couldn't get a ticket for a local gig, so she, she had a look around, she scoured the internet. She'd never been out of Brazil before, but the nearest ticket she could find was in Frankfurt in Germany. So she was prepared to spend 750 quid on a pair of tickets and then travel 5,800 miles to watch Beyoncé in Frankfurt. She didn't have a passport and she said, now I'm going through two continents to a place that I've never been to, a country where I don't even speak the language. How ridiculous is that, I thought. Then I thought, oh no, I've been to watch England play cricket in various parts of the world. Never mind. How far would you go? How far would you go to help uh, a sick relative or uh, a close friend in need? I'm not going to get you standing up again, but just think about that. How far would you go? How far would you travel? And how much would you sacrifice to be able to support that particular person? It's often said that a true test of someone's friendship is the extent to which they step up when you're going through a really tough time. And I know uh, for Tracy and I, we've really appreciated the support of this church family in all sorts of different ways over recent weeks, following uh, the death of Tracy's mum, Rose. Big thank you to everyone for that support. Well, as we look at the reading, we encounter some men who are desperate for their friend to meet Jesus. And they went to great lengths to enable that to happen. We don't actually know how far they travelled. Scripture doesn't tell us. Whether their trip was premeditated or they just stumbled across a gathering where Jesus happened to be present. But once they knew he was in town, they were determined to get their sick friend to Jesus. You might think that once they realised that the, the room was uh, full to bursting, that they just think, oh well, and disappear off down the road, do something else. Or maybe they decide to come back tomorrow. But instead, they go to extraordinary lengths to enable this friend of theirs to meet with Jesus. 
They carry him on his mat up the stairs at the side of his house, of a house, onto the roof, and then they start scraping away at the tiles to lower him down into the centre of the room. I always wonder who ended up dealing with the insurance claim on this one. Imagine the commotion in the room below. At first, perhaps some dust and then bits of plaster and whole chunks of ceiling falling to the floor. The highfalutin religious leaders certainly would not have been impressed. But how does Jesus respond? Well, he's not phased. He never seemed to be, did he? He just dealt with what was in front of him. In this case, a paralysed man on a mat, looking somewhat startled, no doubt, at all the attention. We might assume there was some exchange of pleasantries, but the first recorded line on seeing the man's friend's faith, notice the man's friend's faith, not his own faith, is Jesus saying, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Wow. Quite some claim. One to wind up the religious leaders who were there, who believed strongly that only God could forgive sin. And so Jesus is asserting his divine nature in the clearest of terms. He's saying, I am God. I am God incarnate. He uses the term son of God, doesn't he? And so we meet Jesus, who is able to forgive sin. And run that forward, and we discover that he is able to forgive our sin. Even within the baptism liturgy, we talked about the fact that we would turn from sin and to Christ, with confidence that he is able to forgive and renew and restore You and I are consummate professionals at getting it wrong. We may not like to admit it, but how often do we say the wrong things or do the wrong thing or not act when we should or overreact when we shouldn't? And we can find ourselves racked with guilt and somewhat ashamed. But Jesus says, come to me and be released from all that guilt and shame. Be washed clean, be made new. And that's the symbolism at the heart of a baptism service, the washing and renewal and fresh start, the promise of new life. And so we meet Jesus who is able to forgive sin. And then in this story we meet Jesus who brings healing. Jesus' first priority in this case is that spiritual healing that comes through forgiveness. But he goes on to heal the man with a simple command. Get up. Take up your mat and go home. What a remarkable demonstration of Jesus' authority. We see that authority throughout the Gospels. Just think of Jesus telling the howling winds to be still, the stilling of the storm. Telling the demons to be quiet. His authority to see sick people healed, miracles performed calling men and women to follow him. This man, Jesus, the most extraordinary man in the whole of human history. And as he speaks to this man, the man, we're told, stood up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. His life transformed in an instant. Jesus transforms lives. 
That's the testimony of so many of us here today. For some, that change has been quite spectacular. For others, it's been very gradual. A new sense of purpose. Emotional healing. In some cases, physical healing. Release from guilt, new friendships, enhanced character, changed priorities. All evidence of a work of Jesus transforming us by his Spirit. As we bring a child to baptism as we have today with Ewan, we're not just welcoming him into the family of the church, we're also praying that he might know the transforming work of Jesus in his life as he grows up. We're asking that one day when he's a bit older, he might recognise the forgiving and healing love of God for himself and live under his authority. And in the meantime, parents and godparents, as well as the wider church community, commit to nurture faith and pray for the child and set a godly example. Let's go back to the initial question, though. How far would you go? The message of the Gospel is that Jesus changes lives. For many of us, that's also our lived experience. But how far would we go to enable others to meet with Jesus? Would we pray for them on a regular basis? Would we go as far as to invite them to a church event or activity? Would we talk to them about the difference Jesus has made to our lives? Would we give of our time and money and possessions to show them the love of God? And that may well, in fact it probably will, be not like travelling 5,800 miles to see your favourite band or travelling to Barbados to watch a game of cricket. It could be actually just walking to your next door neighbour, walking down the street, chatting to someone in your sports team, a conversation with a work colleague. Let's turn the question round to finish. How far would Jesus go to show you that you are loved, to hold out the possibility of forgiveness, to give you a fresh start and a living hope? This is how far. To the cross. Not content with his efforts in preaching and performing miracles and healing the sick, he was willing to give up his life on the cross so that we could be forgiven and reconciled to his Father in heaven. And so we call to mind that most famous of verses from John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here in Downend and Bromley Heath and the surrounding area, on the whole, we're pretty comfortable, aren't we? The vast majority of people in this parish have roofs over their heads, food on their tables, clothes on their backs, family, friends or neighbours around them to support and encourage. And so it's easy in this comfortable existence to think that we can get by on our own. We can so easily get that little bit inward-looking and apathetic. And yet we have a God who loves us more than we can possibly imagine, who reaches out to us in love and sent his Son to die for us. 
So let's think again. How far would we go to hold out to others the possibility of knowing him and being loved by him? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. We're reminded once again this morning of the full extent of your love for us in allowing your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Thank you that in him we can know forgiveness and healing and new life. And as we receive that today, Lord God, we also pray that we might be increasingly confident in sharing that good news with others. Even if we feel a bit apprehensive, not quite sure what to say, may we show through our words and actions a generosity towards others and a deep desire that they too might know the love of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.